Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University. This summer was a busy one for me. I uh, had a new baby boy, as many of you know. was on the road with camps, clinics, and I uh, traveled with the family some. So football's back, and because of that, so is Fourth Down Focus. Uh, I look forward to, to sharing some incredible stories from some special guests this fall, uh, some recurring, some brand new from last season. Thank you again for your patience. Uh, I look forward to getting back to work. I really do. Before we get to, uh, to meet our new guest today, I'd like to remind you of our partners at Bet Online. They continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports info from live in-game betting props and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our code promo code believe50. That's B L E A V 50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts. Episode 78 of the podcast welcomes back Luke Jackson. Luke Jackson was a former kicker, as, as remembered from earlier. I think it was probably like three or four months ago you were on, but he kicked at University of Missouri. And um, he is now here to share like what his passion really is in, um, in mental conditioning and uh, how it benefits people and athletes in particular. It's an absolute pleasure to have you back on the show, Luke. How are you doing today? Doing great. Excited to be here. Um Two-time guest, so you know my ego's pumped up a little bit today. Feeling special, glad to be back. Well, we told your story initially, right? Which we always do. We've had a couple people that have come on twice. Uh, I think you're the third. And you know what I really wanted to do with you today was talk really what it is that you and I talk about behind closed doors a lot, and what we've been working on, and that's and that's mental performance and the conditioning of the mind and all the things. Um, and how powerful the mind is and if we acknowledge its power and if we learn to harness it in and, and, you know, kind of corral it, sometimes my mind especially gets a little crazy and I start getting too involved in too many projects and, and this and that, and I start spreading myself thin and uh, the, the brain that then affects my, my, my physical body, you know, it affects my sleep and my performance and all these things relate, but I think it starts up top upstairs, you know, our control center. So, I wanted to talk to you about what you've learned, uh, what you studied for years and, and, and where you are as a professional with, with the mind um, and how it relates to athletes. So I want to start with, you know, your inspiration, you know, you have chosen to pursue work and a career in psychological health and mental conditioning. Um, I want to know why and how you've involved football and mental health through your experience. Right. Um, my initial inspiration, and it's much easier to look back on it in hindsight than I was kind of amidst the madness of my journey, uh, where my freshman year in college at Mizzou, uh, there were really two big points. Uh, the first was just a Psych 1000 course I took where I felt more engaged in that class 
than in other ones uh, like macroeconomics. I still have nightmares about that one <laughs> passed on a curve, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, there was just something about it where you know, this peaked level of engagement and focus I really just interest in psychology and its concepts and just being able to better understand myself, being able to better understand others and cultivate deeper levels of not just understanding, but relationships. Uh, so that was a, a big piece of it from more of an academic point of view uh, that kind of sparked the flame, if you will. And what really got the fire going uh, was my mental conditioning program uh, that I went through at University of Missouri uh, under Coach Ivy, who's actually now Dr. Pat Ivy, uh, which is pretty cool because he actually was going to classes and was in school getting his doctorate while I was at school my freshman and part of my sophomore year. Uh, so, you know, like we both had our backpacks on and we're going to class at the same time sometimes, but uh, just seeing someone kind of on the other side of, you know, his personal athlete journey, his playing days, but still being, you know, still having this uh, strong level of interest in what he was doing uh, and essentially just giving back in such a way where it, it was something that it, it became a tool that allowed myself to elevate my game to a different level. You know, my physical athletic ability is what opened that opportunity to get me to Mizzou. But, you know, that difference between it's cheesy, but the difference between ordinary and extraordinary, it's a little bit extra. And I mean, it really is. And it can come in many different forms and just that psychological mindset, the power of you. Oh my gosh, that term was thrown around a lot. Where's your mind at today? What's your mindset at? Um, is something that was really powerful. So those two things really sparked my interest uh, just in psychology in general, and then in mental conditioning. And it just ha having such a profound impact on myself, not only as a football player, which opened up some opportunities while I was still playing, uh, but also as a student, as a son, as a future husband, I get married in a couple of months. I'm excited about that. You know, as a future father, all these things, uh, it's something where uh, I said this last time I was on uh, sports psychology is very much performance psychology. And in that generalization of it, it can be applied in many different avenues, many different contexts. So it's something where I've seen it as an athlete. I've seen it as a student in this past year, working at UWF at the counseling center, I've seen it in that setting as well, just in people's day-to-day -day lives, with the struggles that they're going through at a particular time. And, it's just such a profoundly impactful and meaningful uh, I don't know, line of work to be in. And it's something that's just strongly motivates myself because, uh, you know, I don't want to just coach athletes and coaching people too, you know, to, to treat them as a person, not just as an athlete. Uh, and so that's really where it all kind of comes together, where it all gels for me uh, is not just wanting to, help someone reach their full potential as an athlete, which I damn sure want to do that. Uh, but also helping them to be, you know, the best person that they can be uh, outside of sport and just in their day-to-day -day lives. Mental conditioning is essential, but I do think it's a void. I think that 
a lot of parents and coaches and players for that matter, I think everyone's starting to realize the power in it. I just think the void is in um, the training and development of coaches who are in position to maybe implement some very simple fundamental mental conditioning activities. Maybe like uh, one that stood out to me, I know this is kind of off script, but yesterday I took my daughter to the beach. Uh, she had like a, an, an off day because the teachers went in and you had told me something last week, very simple, but just start asking your athletes, where are you? You know, and the, and the athletes are supposed to acknowledge a coach by saying, I'm right here, right now. You know, what that means is just kind of shifting your focus or your mindset, however you want to call it, from wherever it got lost, right? Because we get lost in our thoughts. Even though we're present somewhere, none of us are really always all there. And I thought that was powerful. So I taught my daughter that yesterday. And what I was really doing was being mindful of, me and why I should be present right here right now because that was the first time she and I had ever been by ourselves at the beach and it was powerful because she loved it she didn't really understand entirely what was going on but I would say where are you Blake right here right now dad and like that's that's some powerful stuff man um, I just think like most people I am guilty of it if it's not habitual it goes away so you know I think part of it what I want to ask you and learning more about these things is how to make these things habitual through practice, you know, and, and, and how to apply these things. Because I think, like I said, I think everyone acknowledges the power in them, but it's like, how do we harness it? Where, where is the source of information? Do we have to go get a degree, a master's degree, if you will, to, to bring this to our athletes? And, and I'd like to think not, I'd like to think that there's guys like you who, who are doing it. And it's It's a trickle down effect. I think the more of you that are out there, the, the more inclined we are to grow, you know, as people. And yes, of course, athletes, but um, I want to shift the focus to your first experience with the mental conditioning. Like, like what, what happened? Like, can you expound on that? And then like, how did it translate um, to being useful as an athlete? Yeah. Um, like I said, it started uh, my freshman year. So this 18 year old knucklehead, um, you know, just trying to make the best of his opportunity being what, like 16 hours away from home. Uh, and it was something where I've been in team meetings before and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, it just kind of was a, a testament of the, just being in a different level uh, of competition, which, you know, can sometimes lead to additional resources like, you know, IE a mental conditioning program. So uh, that was kind of that was the setting it was really in. It was in uh, it's the team meeting room, but very much like a classroom type setting. Uh, you know, Coach Ivy was up there with his presentation. He had a PowerPoint presentation uh, and he had us split up into two different uh, classifications of groups. So we had our underclassmen, you know, freshmen, sophomores and then upperclassmen for the more uh, advanced, if you will, concepts which they're all very simple in themselves, but it's more kind of like step one and step two and kind of the building blocks of it. Um, and the way it was designed is, you know, kind of in a pyramid scheme where, like I said, it's those building blocks that build on top of each other. Um, and it, at first it is very general in such a way um, where like two of the main concepts are like thinking right. I was like, okay, well, my God, you know, get really broad with that. Uh, and then just mental toughness in itself. So not necessarily concrete terms. Uh, and I like that, and you're not alone in asking that question. Many people have, 
uh, I myself too, of where does the rubber meet the road? How do I apply this? How do I use it? Um, and there are more tangibles where uh, in the biz, we call it thinking behaviorally, stuff that can be done. Um, so things like, uh, and I was going to talk about this later, but heck, let's talk about it now. Talking about being right here right now. Um, it's the use of positive self-talk. You know, the internal conversation people have with themselves. Uh, and a big, you know, kind of preface to that is just having a certain level of insight and awareness to be able to utilize someone's self-talk or your own self-talk, because at times it can very much be an automatic process, much like driving a car. But at the same time, it is something that can be manualized. It can be manual. It can be shifted from that automatic control to a manual control. But first, the first step is having awareness to do so. Because uh, I, I, I've talked with many people and I myself, uh, this was kind of just speaking from my own experience, uh, could be a little short tempered at times, uh, particularly if I was, you know, maybe I was struggling at practice one day, uh, just really getting down on myself and having these negative conversations uh, and maybe getting to a place of like, ah, what are you doing? Uh, you can't miss this and focusing on what I don't want to do instead of being specific and positive and focusing on what I do want to do. Because I've been talking about self-talk, but the emphasis here is on positive self-talk. Because negative conversation with yourself pretty much has a strong chance of either being indifferent and maybe it has some sort of positive impact. But more times than not, that's something that it basically what I'm getting at is the negative self-talk and I guess really fear, kind of fear of failure can be a good motivator in the short term but it's not sustainable. Eventually the stress and the wear and tear of that, it can become overwhelming and just break people down over time. But with positive self-talk uh, and being specific on focusing on, you know, right here, right now, focus, focusing on the task at hand, what am I actually doing? And then blocking out the white noise, uh, you know, using football as an example, blocking out the crowd noise, blocking out the other team. It's just you the snapper and the holder and you're just focusing on doing your job and everything else takes care of itself. Um, and that my, what I basically shared just now is very much like using positive self-talk. I just was, you know, more wearing that mask on the outside, but having that same type of conversation within yourself. And something I hear you talk about all the time, coach Lundy is, you know, muscle memory and having your routine and trusting the process in such a way where not necessarily having all this technical thinking going on, but just going out and doing it, you know, taking a, that manual conversation, having a deep breath, clearing your mind and letting muscle memory and your training take over and just executing. Can I interject real quick? I, I have a question. Yeah, sure. Cause I don't want to forget this one. I, in my 18 to 22, you know, prime of my life, was a cynic skeptic to, to anything that wasn't already a part of my process because I got this far. I had that mindset that I got this far, right? I made it, I had the made it mentality. And unfortunately I, I passed up on a lot of resources like this. They were introduced to me at Miami. Um, there, there was, I don't know if it's as refined as it is now the science, but there was some acknowledgement back then about silly things, quote unquote, I thought like positive self-talk. I thought me personally, I got here through 
being as hard as I can on myself at all times, being my biggest critic, my toughest coach, I would internalize things, you know? And again, I think it's not sustainable. Like you said, I think everyone has a breaking point in which that's not going to be something that's going to bring about long-term success. In fact, it's probably going to put a, a strong break on your progress. And eventually you're, you're going to be stagnant and you're going to give up because if you don't have a way to get out of that, overcome that, I think your, your, your biggest critic can be your worst nightmare. Is that, is that true? And, and how do you get these cynics? Cause there are, especially in football, there's a lot of ego yeah. and a lot of guys do not want to change their process because again, it got them there. How do you overcome that from your end to an athlete? Yeah. I mean, it, it's just like you're saying, it's like playing good cop, bad cop with yourself. Uh, and essentially it's something where from my perspective uh, as an athlete formerly of getting myself to buy in, so to speak, because it, it very much was a new idea, a new concept for myself. Uh, you know, coaches held the threat over me of having to do barrel rolls or whatever across the field and stuff like that until you buy in and do it right. Um uh, and something that I think is important from a professional perspective, uh, you know, being on the other end of it now uh, is not necessarily threatening athletes, you know, that negative uh, punishment, if you will, or positive punishment of if you don't do this, I'm going to make you do this. Uh, and I don't necessarily want it to get into like a hostage negotiation, which as a parent of, uh, of young kids, I know you get that of like, please, it's bedtime, please, it's bathroom, whatever it may be. Yo. Um, I don't want it to be that either, but more um, just a conversation of getting to know them a bit better uh, and introducing these ideas, you know, kind of planting the seeds, if you will. Uh, and it's really up to them whether they blossom and grow into anything else. I remember my old strength coach, he used to say, he's like, all right, guys, we're going to give you the roadmap to success but it's up to you to do the driving. So I think having that type of accountability with people that you're working with, uh, in this case, it's you know myself working with athletes, uh, I think is really powerful, you know, giving them some trust. Uh, and I, I can you know pump up people's self-esteem and self-empowerment, if you will. Uh, you know, and especially giving that to a, a young man, whether someone who's in high school or younger or someone in college, that can be a pretty profound uh, an impactful experience of, you know, I've been having people telling me what to do, where to do, it, how to do it my whole life. I've been very structured, very boxed in. So like, right, you're, you're a grown man. Now you're an adult, if you will. Uh, it's up to you to do it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you the roadmap to success, but it's up to you to take it. And it's up to you to apply it. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot to unpack, you know, like the one thing I was fearful of with this show is, um, and I want to make a point here is what we're about to get into is we're going to introduce something uh, with fourth down university that's a little unique. I the purpose for me starting this and I used to work with a wonderful company, one on one kicking did phenomenal and still does phenomenal things. You know, I, I want to be very clear with that. Um, but I, again, I just felt like pulled to do my own thing you know, just to kind of be my own man and keep it small. Like I'm not trying to, to have 18 States and, and have a tour with eval camps. No, my purpose really is to, is to just kind of keep it small, you know, keep it personal. Cause I want to go further. You know, I, I, part of my journey here is to learn. Um, and what I do is I'm drawing strengths from people like you, people who have a background 
they have a knowledge. They went and trained their mind. They went and got a degree in these things that are proving to be very powerful and fairly new to, to getting that edge, if you will, in sports. So I'm confiding in, you know, kinesiology guys. I'm confiding in some math and science guys for just the, the data and, and, and where it drives us because I I'm interested in like the Jamie Cole and the P3K and, and the sailor, all these, all these different types of evaluation camps that they do it more or less the same, but a little different. And I'm always interested in finding new ways to a beat that system. You know, like I, I tell my kids all the time to go meet the standard. You know, if, if, if you don't meet the standard of a Jamie Cole camp, if you're not going to be among the top 10, I think it's best to wait and train for that moment. And if you feel like you do meet the standard, maybe next year or in six months, um, go then uh, make a profound statement about who you are as a person and, and your brand. But I'm getting somewhere. I think that the, the training and development on the field is a big part of it. And it's what I've always stressed. And it's where, where I have found my niche. You know, it's what I think I am best with is taking a person and extracting things away from him or her to, to bring about the best version of themselves, most repeatable version um, performance. Right. But I think that the, the big thing I'm missing, one of the major deficiencies was if a kid is not strong up top mentally, how can I pull or maybe train the mind um, to do what it is I want on the field? And, and how do I, again, and I promise I'll stop and I'll let you go here. How do I realize and, and have him or her realize that there are pitfalls in life, that like we're going to go through adverse moments, but it's the response to those things and the realization that it's going to be hard. It's an uphill battle, but the only way we get there, get back up top is through the positive self-talk through the mindfulness that my, my brain is going to want to be negative here, but I do have the power to redirect that focus. So could you talk about that in a sense and like what you're doing with me um, at fourth down you to kind of fill this void in the market. Yeah. Uh, something huge you just brought up and it's very simple. And as many great things tend to hide uh, right in front of our nose in that way, because it's just such a simple, what most people consider, um, you know, a commonplace idea, but it's that response. There's the idea of like, I initiate this and then things begin to happen. Um, but a lot of life can be what happens to you uh, and very much so can be true on the field as well. Uh, you know, how do you respond to success? How do you respond to failure? Uh, and then obviously the angle that you were kind of alluding to earlier is how can we sustain success over time? Cause I know just thinking back on my playing days, sometimes it was harder for me to make uh, make a rep and then continue making them. Versus there was some kind of spark in me after a miss where it's like, oh, well, that's definitely not going to happen again. I'm making this next one. Uh, but being able to sustain that type of performance over time. And a big thing, like I said, is initially having that awareness of that response. It's like, well, how are you going to respond to it? Um, but also a, a big thing. And once that awareness is there, and that's really what mindfulness is in and of itself to me is just synonymous with awareness. Um, it's become more of a popular term today. Uh, but once that's there, you know, it, like I was talking about earlier with the example of a car being in, you know, an automatic to, you know, it's considered more of a fossil in a dinosaur these days, like a stick ship car, unless you're out there driving a Lamborghini or 
one of those fortunate people. Um, <laughs> but maybe you could think about it that way. I want to go from this automatic Honda Civic I'm driving to driving driving a manual Lamborghini and driving that driving those horses around. So, uh, and being able to, and very much in that same way, it gives a sense of control, uh, a sense of empowerment because in life it can be very difficult and on the field to control what happens around you, what happens to you. You can have influence, maybe not control, but there is that sense of internal control of being able to control one's response. How do, how am I personally going to respond how am I going to personally respond to others and to those around me? Um, and a big part of it uh, can just be exposure and experience. Uh, but something I preach very heavily in the private training I do with athletes is mental reps, being able to take a singular like physical rep, but being able to do it in your mind three times, five times, hell, even 10 times. And it takes one rep, but it makes it, you actually just did six reps. You just did 10 reps or 11 reps. Um, Cause it's something where uh, this is an, an age old study and example, uh, but it was a free throw study uh, that I think this was, it was in a while ago, um, but there was a group that practiced it and then shot free throws. There's a group that didn't do anything. And there's a group that used visualization and the group that did visualization did better than the group that didn't practice at all. And they did just as good as the group that actually practiced it, which shows the power of mental reps, just the power of the mind in general of being able to gain additional experience without having to put extra wear and tear onto the body. And I think being able to have some of these concepts within mental conditioning, like positive self-talk we were talking about earlier, is something where it takes a commonplace automatic sometimes process, but it can give someone control uh, both on and off the field in controlling that response uh, and being able to gain additional experience without having to put that extra wear and tear on oneself. So fourth down, the mental performance. I'd like you just to introduce that a little bit. Obviously what we're doing here is we're trying to create an environment to bring in a professional who was in fact a kicker who is in love with uh, learning how to bring, I guess, what you've done in the classroom directly to the athletes uh, and specialize in these kickers, punters, snappers. Um, I know you do other things, of course, but I really appreciate you tackling this project with me. We're not sure where we're, we're going to go with it entirely, but um, you will see in the coming months that you're going to have a section on our website that is uh, under the training because it is mental training. Um, we have private lessons. We have virtual lessons. We have large group training. We have camps. We do, we do all, all that, but what you're going to start seeing is where we also have a, a guy that does the mind and a guy that does the body. Um, I think that those are the pillars to being a good kicker. I think that a lot of kids have mastered uh, a good in season off season routine where they're not overworking. I think we're getting much better with that and i i really commend the specialist coaches out there because i think it's it's from them it's not from their high school coaches because they don't know unfortunately that these are pitchers throwing fastballs but i think we've grown there again and we mentioned that there's a deficit there's a void there's a need for people like you and and i want you to talk about what you're going to do uh, a little bit just kind of tease what you're going to do with us yeah um what has excited about this and what's uh 
over the course of my studies over the past few years at University of West Florida is using provenly effective uh, treatment or tools, if you will, uh, that are provenly effective, like I was saying, uh, you know, that empirically backed, you know, validated data, um, something that you would find on, uh, you know, like Google Scholar instead of Wikipedia. Sure. Um, and the, and that's very true with what I'm wanting to do with Coach Lundy and with Fourth Down U is I'm actually utilizing more or less the same program that I went through uh, at the University of Missouri, which has also been used at other Division One schools like Louisville and uh, Notre Dame. Uh, but in addition to that, it's something uh, where Dr. McGuire and Dr. Selking, who helped kind of cultivate this program with Coach Ivy, with Dr. Ivy, um, he, he always told me, you can call me either one, man, doesn't matter. Um, but they cultivated this program, uh, and it's something where uh, I'm going to utilize that same resource uh, here with Fourth Down U and the athletes that I'm fortunate enough to get to, to work with. Uh, and like I said, it's a provenly effective tool that's been used at uh, Division One schools, but it's also been used uh, through Dr. McGuire, who is involved with Mizzou Track and Field. Uh, he also used it with his work with the U.S. women's and men's uh, Olympic uh, track and field teams as well. So it's not something where I just kind of pulled these concepts and ideas out of left field. Uh, it's something that's not only not just from a textbook, it's, but it's been used. It's been provenly effective. Uh, and some of the concepts uh, that we're talking that I'm going to talk about, kind of the two main themes within it is thinking right. And in this instance, the context is sport. Uh, and then mental toughness. And there's different ideas and concepts that uh, kind of underlie each of those. Uh, but really the big pieces uh, get down to it of different tiers of within this pyramid of mental toughness, if you will, uh, which is kind of the diagram of the whole program is motivation, preparation, focus, and emotional stability. And just kind of what, and again, very general terms like I was talking about earlier, but getting specific with each of those. And the big piece here is it's stuff that can be applied. It's applicable and it can be used. It's not just a, a vague idea or concept, but it's, it's an actual skill in that way. Rather than something that you can visually see, it's something that you mentally do. So there is some trust within that, within the process, but it's something that can be experienced firsthand. I'm excited to have you because the mental conditioning is something that should be introduced sooner than, than college. And I feel like if you go to an FBS school and probably FCS, um, maybe D2, uh, I think you get that experience for the first time at these places. And sometimes that's almost too late. I didn't get it till I was a freshman in college. And I think had I been more familiar with some of these skills and these thoughts and, and how to apply them to my routine. I think uh, it would have been a much better transition for me at Miami because I would have taken advantage of those resources and had some background knowledge. I was never the fastest learner. You know, I was always someone that had to really see it from all angles to really, to take it in. Um, and part of my, my skepticism, I guess, but I really did. Once I got something, I, I knew it as, mu as much as anybody else in the room. But again, I didn't don't know if I believed everything to be true at first. And so th there was a little 
slower process with me personally, but I think that the value in you coming and doing this for some of our athletes in high school will, will, will not only help them in high school, of course, but again, it's just, they can continue that process with someone as a resource at the university. Um, and I, and I think that might be an invaluable thing. It might be the difference because mm-hmm. it's often, as you know, not uh, about the performance on the field when winning a job in college is oftentimes like everything. It, it's the kid who, who does it all well. Anyway, I want to finish with this. If, if athletes were to want a free consultation set up with you to talk about mental conditioning, uh, what could they expect or can they expect to hear and learn during a session like that? Yeah. Um, and one thing I did want to touch on real quick before I address that uh, is just, it's something where I, these skills have proven invaluable to me. And like you were talking about earlier, I would have loved to have had my mind at this different level for performance uh, than uh, earlier rather than later. Cause I, I felt you know, my, I physically reached my peak around sophomore, junior year of college before the injury bug bit me. So if I had some of these ideas and these concepts and tools a little bit earlier, or when I had my opportunities to you know, have a more prominent playing career earlier on before the injury bug got me, uh, it's something where, you know, it's shoulda, coulda, woulda, what if, but at the same time, that's where, uh, that's where my a strong part of my motivation comes from is, you know, that's why I'm here doing this today is wanting to be able to reach out to young athletes uh, and give them these tools and these ideas uh, in a much, much sooner than when I got it to make their, I, my, my goal is to be able to make their experiences, you know, better than my own, um, you know, much like parents have like, you know, I don't want you to have the life I have. I want you to have a life even better than I have. Uh, I know it's a little sentimental, but that, that's really how I feel. I am really what I'm wanting um, for all the, the athletes and students. And like I was saying earlier, the people that I'm privileged enough to work with. Uh, and getting into your question about uh, you know, how to reach out to me and set up a, a free consultation just to talk about the program uh, and potentially get a game plan together for you know, setting up some mental conditioning sessions and work. Uh, those meetings, uh, themselves will be, it'll be very brief, like 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, it'll be done via video chat. So be done online through probably zoom will be what we'll use. Uh, and in those meetings, I'll just go over, you know, the, I'll first kind of give my spiel on, uh, you know, answer to answer any questions they have, but also to talk about, you know, the goals of the program, the values of it. Uh, and just how it can be specifically applied. You know, I've alluded to some of those earlier, uh, you know, talking about the tool of positive self-talk, thinking around sport, emotional stability and stuff like that. Uh, and then I, the way I'd like to end the meeting is just asking a few simple questions uh, to the athlete to get to know them a little bit better and maybe make it more applicable and personalized, uh, I guess, customized, if you will, for their specific needs and where they're at. Cause some people may be further along than others. And just with a few quick questions, uh, I can kind of get a gauge of where somebody's at and where we need to start. Hmm. You want you mentioned pre-recording, you wanted to maybe try a couple samples with me. Like, I guess I would be the athlete and you would be you. Did you want to give that a go or? Yeah, let's do that. Um, a little role playing exercise folks. Okay. So uh, at this point, 
Dan, can I call you Dan? Yes, sir. Um, I got a few questions I'd like to ask you before we wrap up our meeting for today. Um, the first is, uh, you know, you mentioned you're, you're a kicker punter out of Southern Florida. Um, I want to know what your goals are with football. What do you want to get out of it? I mean, ideally, you know, Sunday would be would be a dream, but I definitely want to play on Saturday. I'd love to to find a way to give my parents a chance to to not have to pay a lot of money, you know, because school's getting expensive, coach. It's a, a, a noble goal. Uh, okay. And considering that goal in mind, uh, what would you say your strengths are? I think simply put, I just – I work hard, you know. Um, okay. I, I'm a hard worker, and I, I have talent too, but I think that, that that's what really separates me is I'm – I'm going to make sure I get it done. I don't really care what it takes. I just, I want to do it. You know, I'm going to get it done. And then on the other end of that, what would you say a weakness or some weaknesses of yours might be that come to mind? Definitely. I'm too hard on myself without a doubt. I think, I think I knew that then. I think I know it now, of course, but I think I would have said that then I'm, I'm way too hard on myself. Okay. Uh and something, and this may uh, kind of allude to the goals you talked about earlier, uh, as far as motivation goes, what motivates you to play football and pursue these goals of making it to the collegiate level? And maybe that that dream that could become a realistic goal of playing on Sundays. Wow. I wish someone would ask me that then because I guess then I'm trying to reflect back now, but I think it was the fact that soccer was my passion, but people told me very early in my career in football that you can go a lot further with this sport. And I know that's not probably a good answer um, as far as intrinsic motivation, but I think that might've been a big deal as I was extrinsically motivated through the attention that I got that football brought. Although my love and true passion probably would have been better. And I've never said this publicly, but playing at a D2 uh, soccer school. Okay. You know, um, and then lastly, um, what questions do you have for me before we wrap up today? Any, anything at all? I would love some, you know, short-term exercises or reminders. I'm really good with, I, you know, I, I write little short lists, so I, you know, knock something off the list, but I think, I've found that writing things down really helps me to, to make things a habit eventually. Mm. So I'd okay. like to keys to like, yeah, like short term mental blunders, if you will. And this is me and as an adult talking to you now too, mm -hmm. is I like the right here right now, but I, I think that there's several things I'd like to have in place in case right here, right now didn't come to mind. Maybe it's a visual Maybe it's a set something in your alarm periodically just to like alarm you say, Hey, where are you? But do you have anything like that? Yeah. Uh, and for those of you that may be wondering, it, it, it sounds like I'm kind of time traveling back and forth between talking with 17 year old Dan Lundy. And I won't say your age. I honestly don't know your age to the present day, Dan Lundy. 40. 40 and wearing it proudly. Love that. Okay. Um, so just kind of, talking about what you were saying you mentioned writing things down and making lists helps uh, keep you in check keep you accountable uh, and I think 
you know, some of the most powerful skills and tools that we can use for our own self accountability and our own personal growth are the ones that we personally identify, select, and then implement in our day to day. So if that's something that's been provenly effective for you is writing down lists, um, whether it's like pen to paper, if you're that kind of guy, or if you're wanting to put it uh, maybe in some kind of reminder on your phone, if you will, to kind of have it on your pocket at all times. Uh, you know, I think that's something that's been, is great. It's something that is a, uh, a time provenly effective tool, you know, utilizing lists in such a way. Um, and something else that maybe you and I could talk about next time, uh, which you can set up a time to meet with me through the website, is we can talk about positive self-talk because you mentioned you can be kind of a critic on yourself. So I challenge you at this point to maybe do a little homework and research on your own on self-talk and then positive self-talk and negative self-talk and just kind of looking through all that. Uh, I'd love to talk to you about that more uh, next time you come in and see me. That's great. Dude, I, I tell you what, man, like, cause that, the only time you get that experience and this is me back to normal now in the show is that reminded me of like, maybe that guidance counselor meeting you had that was impactful once, or maybe your coach pulled you aside and gave you five minutes of his time in the office. And it really was something that meant a lot to you, but I don't think kids are getting that from parents because parents are busy. Parents are parenting or they're working or they're doing whatever. And, and ki- this is, so important in so many ways and i know we've talked at length about it but i cannot thank you enough um i'm gonna write some things in the notes of this podcast uh they want to access you um but i guess what i'd like to do is before we leave is could you maybe give the audience a few ways they can reach you if they would like yeah um first thing would be my email address which is lpjackson03 at gmail.com and since I don't know it off the top of my head, I'm pulling up my Twitter handle as we speak live and on air. It's at Luke P. Jackson. Uh, that's my Twitter account. Uh, and then if, if you're wanting to talk on the phone, contact me, DM me on Twitter or reach out to me via email. I'll give you my cell phone number and we can just have a conversation uh, about setting, setting up one of these free consultations. Uh, but I also do private training as well um, uh, in the Pensacola and Pensacola Panhandle. Uh, so, you know, it is something where I do, you know, kind of wearing different hats in this way where mental conditioning and sports psych is definitely a passion of mine. And that process is ongoing, um, but also coaching and private training and being on the field is just something where it just it lights up and brightens my day uh, being able to do that. Uh, so, yeah. There's some ways you can contact me. Um, I'd love to, you know, talk to anybody who has questions or just about anything. Yeah, and he also has a place on our website already. Staff, um, all that stuff is there under our staff section, and he'll be having a new page on the site very soon uh, that relates directly to this subject. Today, we're just going to periodically put up new content. Maybe it, it might be a graphic. He's got some wonderful like visuals um, that are all encompassing if you will from this whole thing and you can just isolate one piece of that pyramid one day and just say that's my focus today and i, I love what you said and i kind of want to leave with this message is you never once said that you need to take off a big chunk at a time i think i think what you said was that you need to realize that this like everything else is like acquiring a new language you have to learn the letters first 
and then the flow of a sentence and then oh never mind you don't know that word so i i hope people don't realize that this is like oh after about two 15 minute sessions i'm gonna have a really strong mind mm-hmm. no you're gonna have a roadmap to get eventually to a stronger mind but it's, it's very personal you know some people it takes a while you know but again it's 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 brush yourself off recover realize you're gonna fail you're gonna fall short and um like anything, I, I always say it on the show, if it's worth it, it's probably it's probably not easy. You know, like what is? I mean, everything that's worth it is pretty difficult or it wouldn't be worth it. Um, so thanks again, man. And I really want to thank everyone for their patience again. Uh, it's really good to be back with Fourth Down Focus. Uh, please uh, give us a five-star rating, a review, subscribe to the show if you have not already. Share with a friend. Uh, if you have questions or suggestions for future topics and guests, you can reach me in several ways. Uh the website is fourth down you that's four T H D O W N U.com. And on social media, you can reach me at fourth down you for T H D O W N U. Uh, thanks again for joining us. I uh, would like to thank bet online for, for being the corporate sponsor for all these years now. And I'm really appreciative of you guys. I'll see you next week with an exciting new guest. And um, I hope the summer treated you well and uh, go football. <laughs>